Welcome to season four of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. We're excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about our guest in this new season and previous seasons at jackwwilliams.com slash podcast. Did you know that Jack is an author too? You can learn more from Jack through his book called The Question, a guide to answering life's most important question as he shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide all aspects of his life. You can learn more about The Question on Jack's website too at jackwwilliams.com. Now let's listen to an all new episode of Knowledge Cast by Ideals. Welcome to our fourth season of Knowledge Cast. If you're a regular listener, we're certainly glad to have you back with us again. And if you are a first time listener, welcome and we hope that you will enjoy today's podcast and will join us again next week. Uh, today's guest is Chuck Warbington. Chuck is a graduate of Georgia Tech. He's also a member of their 1990 national championship team. And after spending 12 years in uh, leadership in an engineering firm, Chuck made his first entry into the community, into actually community service, which he has been uh, involved in since. He began the Gateway 85 Community Improvement District, or CID, in Gwinnett County and was one of the first areas to do this. In 2016, Chuck was appointed as city manager of the city of Lawrenceville, Georgia. He's uh, currently serving or has served in the community and other uh, variety of roles on multiple community organization boards and also on uh, the board of Quantum National Bank. So, Chuck, welcome to Knowledge Cast. Great to be here, Jack. Well, let's get, uh, we're going to get started off on a high note here. Let's go back to 1990 for a minute. Not many people have a chance to be a part of a national championship football team or any team for that matter. Tell us about that experience. Well, I'll tell you, the 1990 national championship year uh, was a very special year for Georgia Tech uh, and, and uh, our community. Um, you know, it was it was ended up being the right place at the right time to be able to be on that team, um, playing football in Gwinnett County at Dekula High School, um, and then going to the next level to be able to play, uh, was able to be a part of that team where we won that national championship as a redshirt freshman that year. Um, it's the, the way the national championship uh, that was chosen back then is a lot different than it is today with the playoffs and things that you that we know of today. Um, we actually just went to a bowl game uh, with a ranking, um, won that bowl game, and then you just sit around and wait to see what else everybody else does. And then it, it, I guess the AP riders and the coaches polls come out and they determine who is the champion for that year. So um, it, it's not an immediate celebration uh, like you would see today, um, but it was uh, a very, very special time uh, playing in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, and being a part of that team, um, we had some very special players that year with uh, Sean Jones as our quarterback. Um, Ken Swilling was All-American, Willie Clay, defensive back. Uh, Bobby Ross is our coach. Just some incredible, incredible players, and not just players, but people uh, as well. And so uh, it was a very special time to be a part of that, and I feel very fortunate to, to be able to look back over those years very fondly. Can you imagine what social media would would have done in that type of situation where they chose the uh, the champion the way they did? They they'd have gone berserk. 
Yeah, wow. we after the game, we actually uh, got together as a team and watched the Notre Dame game. Um, and um, uh, that was, you know, it came after our game and we already knew the result of our game, obviously. So um, there was a little bit of an anticipation of what's going to happen. And then ultimately uh, how the, the rankings would come out. Well, it was a great time for Georgia Tech. We'd like to have another one of those sometime in my lifetime. Um, well, you started the, the Gateway 85 Village Community Improvement District, or CID. Most of our listeners, my guess is, are, are not very familiar with the purpose of a community in, uh, improvement, excuse me, impro improvement district and how it works. Tell us what's the value of having a, a CID in an area? Yeah, the, uh, currently uh, the Metro Atlanta has t uh, just over 20 community improvement districts uh, spread out all over uh, Metro Atlanta. Gwinnett County uh, currently has four, uh, and this was one of the first ones, uh, as you'd mentioned in your, your opening, uh, and it actually is the largest of all the CIDs in Metro Atlanta. A community improvement district is a targeted area uh, where uh, county leaders and community leaders have come together and says this area is in need of uh, focus. There's in need of investment, uh, redevelopment. There could be crime issues and things like that. And so this particular CID was centered around the Jimmy Carter Boulevard I-85 area, uh, which included Indian Trail as well. Um, and it had been one of the first areas for Gwinnett County to develop and has just uh, kind of decayed over the years. And um, basically the, the business owners in that area come together, they, they put their money together uh, uh, and commit money in regards to extra taxes that will stay into that area. And then that money is then dedicated to improve the area, such as uh, landscaping on 85. If you, if you drive down 85, all the interchanges are, are landscaped uh, very, very, very nicely, like a uh, front door to a subdivision. Uh, we provided extra security in the area, extra um, um, improvements to sidewalks. Um, and extra improvements to traffic in those areas. And so it's a, it's a tool that that basically focuses money to improve uh, and bring up the area and bring better value to folks that live and also work in that area. Well, it certainly was a, a success in that area. And I know a lot of people have used that as a, as a model for their CIDs. Well, you spent 13 years leading uh, Pond and Company, an architectural engineering firm, and, and now serve as a city manager of Lawrenceville, Georgia. What adjustments did you have to make going from the private sector into the public sector? Well, that's an easy question when you when you kind of get down to the difference between public and private is is really kind of based on the definition of what is public. When when things are public, there's a lot more engagement. There's a lot more transparency. There's a lot more involvement of the community. Um, obviously, in a private sector, uh, you're dealing with uh, uh, partners and you're dealing with your individual firm to provide a service. In public service, you're reaching out to the community and basically the community is telling you uh, what needs to be done in that area. Uh, it could be issues with crime. It could be issues with uh, we need more housing. We need, need more restaurants and things like that. So uh, the biggest difference was uh, was really uh, uh ch ch changing my mindset of making sure that I listen more, 
um, uh, uh, try to make sure that I engage more. I ask questions to be uh, to to engage folks more, uh, and then frankly to 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 be more transparent. Why do you make those decisions in private business? Sometimes that that that's not really important. In the public realm, uh, the the essence behind why you make a decision, or the essence of why you're going to spend money in this particular area, is very very important to the to the community and also the taxpayers in the area. So, um, you know, being more being more community engagement and also the transparency was the two biggest items. What about your experience in Pond? Uh, how did that help you when you took over as city manager, even though they're different constituents? Yeah, so I think uh, uh, when I was at, at Ponding Company as an architectural engineering company, um, you know, it I was was really um, uh, blessed to have an opportunity to work with a lot of folks that uh, uh, understood the importance of training, um, that understood the importance of mentoring, that understood the importance of you give the client what they want, um, and so um, you, you've you've those those traits really helped me as I moved on into my career but that was one a lot of the aspects that 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 firm taught me as I as I began to do designs began to do consulting uh, with that architectural engineering firm to, to make sure that um, uh, that you understand what the client wants and then give what the give them the, the client what ultimately what they want in a, in a way that uh, is cost effective. What well, you can narrow this down, but what, what would you say is the biggest challenge in leading a city government? I think the, the biggest challenge to today, and it, it, it probably changes almost on a yearly basis, um, maybe almost on a monthly basis. But, you know, I, I think what we're seeing today is uh, really the civil discourse in our country, just in general, uh, that that moves all the way down in to local government where um, um, really trying to make sure because we when I reach out to folks and tell folks what do we want to see in this community what do we want to see as improvements um, and you, you have people that have different visions you have different ideas um, we no longer know how to disagree so as uh, a city manager one of the things that I would say is is my biggest challenge is trying to bring the community together and help folks understand let's have a conversation about how we can disagree and then let's find that happy medium that we can move forward otherwise we all go back into our tribal corners and nothing gets done um and uh th th there's there's just issues related to that so uh, what i would tell you right now is you know, the biggest challenge i see right now is how do we bring people together how do we have uh civil debate in our community uh when there's a challenge in our community and how do we bring people together to fix that issue in our community um without um you know all the hate and all this the speech that we have or, or surrounded it well when you figure out how, that formula i want you to share it with the state and the national leaders because uh, <laughs> I, I think you just summed up our our country in a pretty succinct way um now I, I don't want you to shortchange yourself in this next question now being a, a um, lawrenceville native here where i live um what you've done in the downtown area of Lawrenceville, uh, really there's just been an explosion in good development. Tell us about some of the, the major developments that have occurred and 
what else is on the drawing board and don't don't cut this short because you've really made some significant changes well I, I appreciate your comments jack i'll i'll tell you um from a from a leadership standpoint um you you, you can't give uh credit to one person um and i've i've seen that through my career but um when you have a variety of folks working together uh, where there is a common vision and then there is a common way to implement that and you get the community engaged, there's a lot you can do. So I'm very proud of what we've done over the past six, seven years in the downtown Lawrenceville area. Um, one of the big missions that was a vision of council that uh, when I started here, they asked me to implement was to it was to find a way to make downtown more walkable and more livable. Uh, as as you know, as you know, Jack, probably six seven years ago, there was not any or hardly any residential in that downtown area. Oh, there wasn't. Um, and so that was one of the the big items that we uh, started with. What's now called South Lawn. Uh, it was it's now four hundred luxury apartments and two hundred single family homes. Um, and so those 600 residential units now make up close to 1,500 people that live directly in that downtown area. Now, there's been halo effect of other residential uh, for that, but that one development, South Lawn, uh, $200 million development uh, in attracting one of the top developers in the southeast to Lawrenceville, uh, mind you, it, it was it was something that I'm very, very proud of. And it has then began to start the transition of what we're seeing in our downtown area. Um, obviously, the restaurant scene is something that is what brings people to that downtown area. Um, we just had our, uh, a white tablecloth uh, which, uh, steakhouse that's just opened up, Perry Street Chop House. Um, and it is just, it's, it's been an excellent facility and it's open. It's been packed out every night. Um, but the idea that you come to downtown Lawrenceville, we wanted to create an environment where uh, you don't just come and eat, but you basically, you come downtown and you might decide, you don't know which restaurant you're going to go to. You're just going to go and you'll decide at the moment. You can stroll down the streets, you're safe. Uh, it has a festive atmosphere with the, the Christmas lights and the trees. There's music going on. We just opened up the uh, $32 million Lawrenceville Arts Center. Um, where uh, uh, there's the Christmas canteen currently going on right now, and then uh, previous uh, large shows like Mary Poppins and things like that. So um, it is the place to be in Gwinnett County. Uh, it is the, kind of the center of activity, uh, both during the day, during lunch, and then also in the evenings. Uh, and so um, it, it's been very intentional. There hasn't been anything that happened in the downtown area that we didn't uh, expect or won't. Um, and frankly, we worked very hard to uh, recruit various restaurants, various developers uh, to come and uh, uh, work in the downtown area. And it's uh, uh, it's become a, uh, something I'm very proud of. Well, you should. And if any of our listeners are anywhere close to the Lawrenceville area, I highly encourage you to go down and spend a, spend a day or an evening there or multiple days and evenings because it's really, really well done has made a major change uh, in the area. You know, I always like to ask our guests about people that have had impact uh, on their life. Did, did you have some mentors or whatever you'd like to call them along the way that kind of helped in your personal and professional development? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, we could probably spend several hours on this, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to just narrow it down to several 
I mean, I, I can't answer that question without starting with my parents. Uh, my parents instilled in me a work ethic that uh, I, I think uh, I'm very proud of. Um, you know, it was always very important when I saw them based in their career and, and also what they did with us at home. It was you work hard. Um, you, you don't take anything for granted. Uh, and so that has stayed with me. Uh, through my years uh, of through in sports and then also through my my work career as well as nobody's going to outwork me uh, that was very very important to me um, I also think about uh, the coaches that I've had over the years uh, my high school coach with Mike Strickland and uh, the college coach with Bobby Ross something that I didn't know at the time but now I look back I saw it in action uh, they surrounded themselves uh, with people with good people uh, that's so important when you look at leadership that you surround yourself uh, with people that uh, that know what they're doing and you can trust them. And so I think about our national championship uh, season, Our both our offensive coordinator, Ralph Friesen, and defensive coordinator, George O'Leary, went on to be head coaches, very successful head coaches in other places. And so uh, uh, as I look back, I, uh, I see how that is important uh, to you as a leader in, in the things that you do. My college roommate is another one, Jay Martin. He was the captain of the football team uh, for the national championship team. Um, he was several years older than I was. And here's this senior uh, that asked me to be his roommate as a redshirt freshman, multiple years. I, I really kind of thought that was odd, but um, he he really showed me uh, what it meant to live out a life as a leader on a team, but also live out a life as a Christian. Um, he got up every morning, did his, did his quiet time. Um, he was up at five or six in the morning. I'd roll over and there he is uh spending time uh in the word and that grounded him and i saw how that that affected uh affected him as a leader um and as someone who grew up in a christian home and 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 uh tried to do that every day seeing somebody older seeing somebody who is respected and then frankly seeing it played out had a huge impact on me. Uh, I had I had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we were uh, chatting about that. And I, every time I see him, I just can't thank him enough for how um, he was one of those individuals uh, that really helped me. Um, and so, that, you know, the one other one that I would mention is uh, my in my first job, there was a guy that took me under his wing to help me understand the importance of 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 how you go through a work pro go through your work day. Uh, and also living out your life where you don't have to compromise your principles. Uh, his name is Billy Brundage, um, and he was somebody that uh, when I was at Pond, worked for 13 years, that um, I look back over my life um, and some of the principles that he he showed me. And then ultimately, uh, through any time when you're uh, working in a career in consulting, finding the importance that you don't cut corners. You say you tell the truth, uh, and I saw that play out. And and sometimes that's hard. Uh, you have hard conversations with clients, and I never saw him waver in that. So as a young individual looking at those uh, 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 people and seeing it play out, and frankly not, not seeing them waver in in their principles in in very difficult situation had a huge impact on my life. Well, you know, I just want to drop a. Uh point of emphasis here there's people that are listening to this podcast right now 
that are having that kind of influence on somebody else and they don't even know it. Yeah. And so keep on doing what you're doing, whoever you are. And I know there's a lot of you out there. Uh, well, I've had the privilege of getting to know the Warbington family. Uh, three of your uh, children have been in my leadership program and the fourth will be in it this year. And I know your outlaw in-law family as well. Uh, and y'all do some very special things. And, and I want you, as we close up, I want you to talk about what you do, uh, you and your wife do at the beginning of each year. And I know it started in one way and now it's kind of morphing a little bit, but kind of give a little history about what you do and why you do it. Because I think it's really a, a cool idea. Well, uh, thank you for asking that, Jack. You know, one of the first things that I would tell you that we found out when when uh, we got married and ultimately started having children, and then you live in a community like Gwinnett County, there is a lot of distractions. There is a lot of stuff that you, you get involved in. Um, and sometimes you just kind of have to pause and you have to be intentional um, about your life. Otherwise, it just you just drift into the activities that are just happening related to your kids and career and everything else. Um, so you know, really something my, my wife, it was her idea, came up with what we would call yearly retreats. Um, where we would have uh, sheets that we would have each of us as parents and also the kids would would fill out and really talk about the past year and we'd talk about the the, the some of the things we'd want to do next year um, and it really started at a young age started forcing our kids to think about okay uh, I'm going from the fifth grade to sixth grade what what do I, what do I want to what does that look like do I want to try out for band this year that's a new opportunity moving from elementary to middle school and so we tried to 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 take those retreats and those uh, questionnaires that I would call it uh, before we moved into the new year uh, to, to really start planning out what that looks like. Um, that has now kind of morphed as the kids have gotten older. Um, we have morphed that into uh, coming up with words for the year. Um, it, it, it seemed to focus a little bit more on uh, what we would like to see our life do this uh, in, a, in a coming year. So between Christmas and New Year's, uh, we will take a little small canvas you can get from Hobby Lobby. Uh, we we all come up with our individual word, and then we'll paint that word with in some sort of format, uh, and that will become our word uh, uh, for the for the year. A couple of years ago, my one of my word was focus. I was I was feeling very distracted in my job. There was a lot of stuff that was happening, as you mentioned. There was a lot of growth in the city. And I, I really wanted to focus. And so that was my word for the year. And I, I kind of painted a, a telescope um, in, the, in uh, the way that I could, I could, an engineer could do it. Um, and so those are the types of things that we tried to instill with our children. It's been very intentional. Um, and it's been something I think that has helped us uh, uh, moving forward. I've seen the product and uh, you've done a you've done a wonderful job. Well, Chuck, listen, thanks again for for spending time with us today and enlightening us about, the, you know, what it's like leading, you know, a city government, uh, as well as what you've just shared with your family. And as I said earlier, as a person who resides in Lawrenceville, I, I want to thank you for the tremendous leadership and vision that you've uh, brought to the city. And, and I, I wish you ongoing success as you continue to deliver on your vision. Okay. Thank you. Well, as we wrap up another KnowledgeCast episode, a special thanks to each of you for 
making us part of your day. And I hope that you will join us again next week for another interesting guest like Chuck. And until then, make it your goal this week to be a positive influence in the lives of others.